What is the difference between your experience of existence and that of a saint? The saint knows that the spiritual path is a sublime chess game with God and that the beloved has just made such a fantastic move that the saint is now continually tripping over joy and bursting out in laughter and saying, I surrender. Whereas, my dear, I am afraid you still think you have a thousand serious moves. Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This once was a comedic podcast, now turned poetic, esoteric, mystical, and about recovery. Happy one year of sobriety to me. This is a special bonus episode of A Thousand Serious Moves. We're taking a break from our regularly scheduled programming of diving into the mystical and practical uses of herbs in order to celebrate this most glorious day One entire year it has been since I've taken any drug, including marijuana, my true love, my beloved, acid, Adderall, Xanax, what else, mushrooms, DMT, alcohol, yes, even, yes, alcohol is a drug. Sometimes drug addicts like to think of alcohol as different, like alcohol is not typically on the top of the list of people who prefer to take, let's say, pills or shoot up methamphetamine. However, alcohol is still a drug and... It's like I don't even have a desire to drink, but every once in a while I'm like, well, what about a glass of wine? But I know that if I have a glass of wine, I'm going to be like, fuck it, light me up a joint and let's shoot some Adderall at my ass and take a couple of tabs of acid and let's call this day an entire week. So... (laughs) So those of you who are new to this podcast, some of, you know, this podcast has been going on for about four or five years and early, early episodes, I was talking about my drug use. I would talk about going, doing cocaine in New Orleans and walking around a graveyard on mushrooms. And then one year ago, I got clean. Why? Would anybody get clean, you might ask? Why in the world would you stop taking drugs, Amanda? And that's a great question. Um, so today's episode, I'm going to give a little backstory. I'm not going to tell my entire story and give you an entire drug log But I'll hit some highlights that led up to the unmanageability and led up to me getting clean one year ago on this blessed day. So I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Okay, we're good. All right. So let's see. 
where I want to start actually is about three and a half years ago, I was in grad school. I was going to Rice University for a master's degree in religious studies with a specialty in Gnosticism, Esotericism, and Mysticism. And as a seeker, I had been on drugs for a long time up until then. Particularly psychedelics and Adderall were some of my favorites. But if you put a line of cocaine in front of me, I would do that. A snort a line of Xanax to help me go to bed. So I was in grad school selling drugs to help pay for grad school. And I became my best customer. The unmanageability of using drugs was becoming very apparent at that time. Though, like any good addict, I blamed other people instead of taking responsibility for myself. I blamed my boyfriend at the time for why I needed to drop out of grad school. Because if only he made more money, right, then I wouldn't have to work and sell drugs and I wouldn't have to be on these drugs and I could just focus on school, right? Like, instead of taking responsibility. And this is part of recovery, too, is learning to take responsibility for my part in the situation. Even if somebody else did, quote unquote, wrong me, the honesty and maturity from looking at what did I do to bring this onto myself. So, but at the time, I just blamed him. And I dropped out of grad school after like six weeks, which was a bummer. Because I wanted that degree, right? But I wanted to use drugs more. So when I graduated, it was kind of like, now what? It was like, time to put your money where your mouth is. If you're such a seeker, right? Another excuse that I used for dropping out of graduate school was, oh, we're just studying academically people who practice magic and mysticism, and it's taking me away from my own magical and mystical practice. So I use that as a reason to drop out and say, well, okay, if I'm not going to study it academically, I'm going to dive into it practically. Instead of reading books about people talking about mystics, I shall become one. Though I had been on that path already, and that was in large part why I used drugs, because I was seeking. I was not content with what reality appeared to be. I knew it wasn't the full picture. I knew it was a lie. So I just kept using drugs to stay in that altered state of consciousness. 
And so after I dropped out of graduate school, the drug use really was off to the races. And one night, I heard a voice. I heard a calling. And it said, destiny. It said, destiny. Destiny. Magic. It was a shadowy figure in the corner of my bedroom as I laid in bed after calling on good angels and spirits. I had done an experiment, you see. I had looked in the mirror and called on my guardians. I said, come to me, show yourselves to me. Guide me. And then I heard it. Destiny. Magic. So I made a trip on down to the magic cauldron in Houston, just a few blocks over from where I lived, and I told the gentleman working there, I said, I have been called to do magic, now what? And he said, check out this podcast called Glitch Bottle. And I know I'm talking about magic now, and I'm supposed to be talking about my recovery, but trust me, it is related. So the gentleman at Magic Cauldron said, check out this podcast called Glitch Bottle. So I followed the thread, and I did. And I heard this man on there, this man named Aaron Leach, this magician, this ceremonial magician. What is ceremonial magic? They keep talking about King Solomon and all his glory. I remembered King Solomon from when I was young. I remembered wisdom. Yeah, that when you, when you seek wisdom, all these things shall be added unto you. I heard a calling. Holy guardian angel. I heard about this book called The Sacred Magic of Abramelin the Mage, wherein one becomes bonded with one's holy guardian angel. <clears throat> with one's holy guardian angel and receives what's called knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel who teaches the person the true wisdom and sacred magic. What more have I sought for my entire life but true wisdom? and sacred magic. So this was in October or so of 2018. When I said, so it is, I shall pursue this path. And so I did. I prepared 
for this six-month purificatory rite wherein one goes into seclusion and does morning and evening prayers and eventually adds on noon prayers, burns incense, has a robe and a space that's called an oratory with an altar and a flame, wherein one prays to the highest with one's whole heart begging and pleading for this gift that the holy guardian angel would grace me with her ever-abiding guidance and love. So some of you might remember when A Thousand Serious Moves went radio silent, and some of you might remember from when I did comedy in Houston and disappeared and stopped running Lady Bits and Speedball. And right up until I began the six-month purificatory rite, I was still doing drugs. And even in the purification process, I was still weaning myself off of drugs so that I could be in a fit position to receive my holy guardian angel after all. So there was a brief time when I was completely sober, but it was still gnawing away at me. I thought, well, as soon as I bond with my guardian angel, then I'm picking back up that pipe again. I'll tell you what, because I will say, and I do know that marijuana is a sacred plant, a sacred herb, particularly in reverencing the Shekinah, the divine feminine. They, in fact, have found in sensors that were burned in the Holy of Holies marijuana residue. So I knew that, okay, once I bond with my guardian angel, I'm picking back up the pipe again. And obviously, psychedelics are fine. You know, I mean, I, I won't do cocaine anymore. And maybe I'll just have a glass of wine every now and then. I still didn't see that I was a drug addict. I thought that, well, you know, I can get clean anytime that I want. You know, I just don't particularly want to. Except, of course, to receive this gift of being crowned with true wisdom and sacred magic. So in October of 2019, I performed the Rite of Abermelon and bonded with my guardian angel, and she abides with me still. And I remember so clearly, like a resonating bell that rings over and over, Aaron Leach had said, because he helped guide me through this process, he said, your guardian angel is more likely to draw you into trouble than to steer you away from it. He said, your entire life is about to change. And boy, does that bell still ring true. So it was October. I picked back up the pipe. I ended up doing doing Adderall again, staying up, you know, with my guardian angel, right? Like, I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's do some acid. Let's, let's stay up for days. Like, let's, let's stay fucking high, right? 
And then it was around January where, you know, the person that I was with in this relationship, it became very apparent that my guardian angel said, no mas, no mas, no mas. Like she pulled the rug out from under me and that was the most painful thing that I had ever been through at the time, even more than the death of my father. Because in my own will and what I would want to do for my own life, I never would have left him. But there is a path that I have chosen to live in accordance with the divine. And I thought, well, the divine permeates all things, so why not choose a little fun? Procule, o oh procule, este profane. Be gone, o oh be gone, ye are who profane. So that relationship ended. And I spent the year of 2020 on my own in a cabin in East Texas, as you might recall to my listeners, where I recorded all the episodes with the Psalms. And eventually I did wean myself off of Adderall. But I was high all the time and eventually grew mushrooms. And that's what brings us here today is this story, the last time that I took mushrooms. Really, the time before that should have been the last time because the unmanageability was becoming very apparent. Yes, even on mushrooms. Because the spiritual life is not a theory, it must be practiced, and there's no amount of drugs that I can ingest constantly to keep me in the spiritual state that I seek. It is the 12 labors of Hercules. It is the trudging uphill, clean and serene. Hallelujah. So... The last time that I took mushrooms, I was laying in bed and there was music playing. And I had a very distinct sense that I was orchestrating the music. And I surely heard it. I heard it said that I am a saint, and I chose to be a saint. So there I went a-walking throughout the cosmos and out to the very edge I met Father Time. He looked like the Grim Reaper. So indifferent. What of the love, I thought. 
weren't mushrooms supposed to be fun? Where's all the laughter and the joy? Why so serious? And then it hit me. The panic, the fear, the paranoia. The CIA is watching. They're watching you. So I jumped up out of bed. I unplugged my router. I walked over to the property next to mine. I threw it over the barbed wire fence. I threw my purse over there. I threw all my belongings into the other person's property. I took my phone and walked over to where the horses were on the other side. And I buried my new phone in mud. After sending some cryptic messages to some people and calling people and saying, isn't it funny how it's nobody's business? Isn't it funny how it's nobody's business? So I went back into the house and I couldn't get the blinds closed fast enough. So I cut them. I broke them. And they still wouldn't close. So I took some piece of fabric that my grandmother had given me and I I covered up the windows and thought, well, surely now I'm safe. Surely now I'm all alone. Exactly where the disease wants me. isolated on an acre of land in far out East Texas, surrounded by woods with no one to call and no phone to call them. And the next day, the winter storm was approaching. You remember the one? where the entire state of Texas was shut down. No electricity or water for a week. You remember that one? Well, it was looming. I was out of my mind. So I went to the bathroom to throw up, I couldn't take it anymore. I threw up what was left of the mushrooms and I lied on the floor, tapping out. I saw a serpent hissing at me and I began to hiss back. He said, 
kill yourself. Take that pistol and shoot your dog. And everything will be fine after that. Just kill yourself. Just kill yourself. I said, Beloved, hello, holy guardian angel, where are you? You see, because even that morning before the trip, I had done my prayers. I had recited Psalm 91 three times for protection. I had called on my beloved. I said, guide me and be in the midst. And lo and behold, the light and the dark are both alike to God. And I remembered once again, Aaron Leach saying, your holy guardian angel is more likely to bring you into trouble than she is to keep you out of it because, well, she needs you strong. Are you not a prophet after all? So I knew that killing myself wouldn't solve the problem. I was so alone. I was so alone. I was so fucking alone. I went to unbury my phone and it was totally broken. So I climbed under the barbed wire fence to get the router and ripped my favorite sweatshirt all up and down the back. I grabbed my computer and tried to make calls from my computer to somebody who was nearby. I just needed something because I couldn't, I couldn't call my mom because the last trip I had done, I told her I started the apocalypse and then here I was again and surely she would know that I was on drugs. The jig was fucking up. Like there was no more hiding it. For a decade, I hid my drug use. Unless, of course, you were a comedian, then surely you knew, but I don't know if anybody knew how much I was using all day, every day, up and down and all around, and any substance you'd put in front of me. I couldn't find my keys, and the storm was approaching. So I looked around and I called on good angels and spirits. I said, hello, any familiar friends nearby? Is there not some type of spell for recovering lost objects? Wherefore art, me llaves, where are my keys? 
I did tarot readings. I said, I need to find my fucking keys because I don't have a phone that works. And I'm so fucking fucked because this storm is coming through and I live on an acre of land in far out East Texas and I have no water. There, but by the grace of God, did I find those keys outside near the trash can. And thank God, because the next day when that storm hit, I couldn't, like the electricity was out at 6 a.m. and I had no water. So I said, fuck it. I'm either dying in a cabin in the woods or I'm driving three hours to Houston with no phone. I mean, when that drive, my car nearly spun out like 10 times. And that's not even the last time that I used drugs, but that's the last time that I used mushrooms, last February of 2021. So then someone suggested one of these people I had called when I was in the midst of that terrible journey, terrifying trip, she said, you might want to consider Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous or Psychedelics Anonymous or some type of 12-step program because, honey, you might have a problem. I had more than one problem. I had quite a few. And they just kept piling up the more I avoided them. I stayed high and started going to meetings, virtual meetings. You can just type in virtual 12-step meetings. And I was high for a week or two before I pulled the trigger. I said, surely I'm not a drug addict. Because if I say that I am, then that means I'll never use again. Just for today, at least. But the drugs had stopped working. The party was over. It had done been over. And I couldn't even get high anymore. So then I said, right there in that 12-step meeting, February 28th of 2021, Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm an addict. And what a fucking trip it's been. Life fucking sucked. When I got clean. 
But I just kept praying to my guardian angel. I said, okay, very, very funny. Very, very funny. Getting clean. Okay, so you wanted me to get sober. Okay, that's so funny how I wasn't expecting that. I thought I was going to be able to use drugs and do magic. I thought I, I thought mystics use drugs. Didn't they say that? I mean, look at Ram Dass, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's like, didn't, isn't, aren't they, don't they do drugs? Like that's what they, everyone's making this argument that they're doing drugs, that mystics do drugs. Uh, uh, uh. Only the fake ones. Oh, yeah, I had a spiritual experience. Let me tell you about it. The real work is in the work. A spiritual experience is just a fleeting sensation. We're talking about the day-to-day grind, the polishing of a stone, the heat and refinement in the fire as if silver and gold. You heard? It's not getting high and talking about big ideas. It's sitting and staring at a card with Hebrew letters for an hour on end, contemplating pure nothingness. Or in Sof, we call it the light without end that is open, luminous, and full. It's beyond being and non-being. It's beyond conception, dimension, time, substance. It's beyond a spiritual experience or popping a pill or hitting a pipe or dimethyltryptamine for 15 minutes. We're talking about the day-to-day process in the fucking furnace. One, we admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Check. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Oh, fuck, I'm insane. Check. Three, wait for it. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Shout out to my guardian angel. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all people we had harmed and became willing 
to make amends to them. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The daily grind, the polishing of the stone. What did that poem say? What is the difference between your experience of existence and that of a saint? The saint knows that the spiritual path is a sublime chess game with God, and that the beloved has just made such a fantastic move that the saint is now continually tripping over joy and bursting out in laughter and saying, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. Whereas you, my dear, I'm afraid you still think you have a thousand serious moves. So, in honor and in thanks of this most blessed day, of one year of recovery, and what a journey it's been. Truly, 30 days clean fucking sucks. 60 days clean fucking sucks. 90 days clean, I met a hot guy, so it got a little bit better, but it still fucking sucked. Six months clean, I was still in self-will. Nine months clean, still in self-will. But it was getting a little bit better. Around six months is when things started to take a little bit of a turn and I was smiling more and thought, hey, life is actually pretty good without drugs. Like, I could, I can't believe it. I can't fucking believe it. I'm not high and I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm joyous. I'm fucking free. One year clean just for today. If I can do it, there before the grace of God. So I wanted to read two psalms in praise and in thanks to my higher power. This song, I woke up. Actually, what song I did wake up in my head is this old like Christian song that's like, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. 
I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Can you imagine waking up with a joyful heart of gratitude? Never in a thousand years, in a thousand serious moves, would I have thought that I would have woke up with that song in my head. And then the second psalm that came to mind, here, Psalm 45, Behold, give ear. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips, therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than all your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. King's daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from a fear. Listen, O oh daughter. Consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house so the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your lord worship him and the daughter of tyre will come with a gift the rich among the people will seek your favor the royal daughter is all glorious within the palace her clothing is woven with gold she shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions, shall follow her, shall be brought to you. With gladness and rejoicing, they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever.
In the second psalm of rejoicing that I wish to read, it's one of my favorites here at A Thousand Serious Moves, Psalm 116. Listen up, listen up, (laughs) y'all. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Yes. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord, O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed. Therefore I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Yes, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people in the courts of the Lord's house in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Thank you for joining me on this special bonus episode of A Thousand Series Moves. Share with your friends, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Share with your friends. You can book a tarot reading with me at samantha.as.me. Purchase a magical psalms document or some art at etsy.com slash shop slash henael777 that's h-a-n-a-e-l 777 blessings upon you and yours thank you for listening i love you say la